it feels like a revolution just started. And it may have just been kicked off by a subreddit. GameStop is just the battle. Bitcoin is the war. It's time for a Guy's Take episode. What is up, guys? Welcome back. This is a Guy's Take episode of Bitcoin Audible. Um, I am Guy. I'm Guy Swan, the guy who has read more about Bitcoin than anybody else you know. And uh, absolutely by now, you must have heard about uh, all of this GameStop mess. Maybe you're wondering what the hell is going on and uh, what all this means. So I'm going to try to get I'm going to give Guy's take on this um, and try to break it down as best I can. Uh, in today's show, I've been in and out of Clubhouse and hunting all around. I've been taking notes all day, trying to piece together uh, all the puzzle, uh, all the pieces to this uh, puzzle here, um, so I can make sense of this. Uh, really quick, um, just a big thank you to our sponsors who make this guys take episode possible. Um, we have Level.co, LVL.co. They are mobile banking service for uh for your bitcoin um and also a an exchange with no exchange fees so if you've been getting robbed by uh by high fees to get in out of bitcoin uh this this is the place you need to check out they're available in 28 states and counting and plan to have many many more by the end of 21 uh 2021 uh, and then of course for your hardcore savings for your cold storage our other sponsor has the best product for this it is the bitbox o2 hardware wallet um, you you need to get a hardware wallet. It is the standard um, in uh, in you know securing your Bitcoin keys, and the Bitbox is just I love this thing. Uh, it's unbelievably simple. It's secure. It's open source, and I'm just a huge fan of this device. Check out both of our awesome sponsors at GuySwan.com, and if you've got a product or a service uh, Bitcoin related that you think this audience will enjoy. Uh, go to guyswan.com and there is a button at the bottom, sponsor at thecryptoeconomy.com. Shoot me an email, let me know. Uh, I'd love to talk. Okay, so what the hell's going on with GameStop, right? Um, I want to start this off by saying uh, this, this environment that we find ourselves in, the, the state of the financial system, uh, the state of financialization of the economy, um, the, the gambling in Wall Street, this is not a natural state of things. This is a consequence of the money. Now, that might seem like a ridiculous statement for anybody who hasn't been listening to hundreds of hours of this show already where I detail it from about a hundred different directions as to why uh, all the different ways that our money is corrupt um, causes these second and third order effects. Um, but money creation and the manipulation of interest rates that is made possible by this is the source of the problem. And it goes back decades, a hundred years, really. Um, like, like this, is, this is a never-ending problem that has always been present and manifests itself over generations and continues to get worse and worse. These are, these are cycles that happen to the tune of 40 years 50 years, 70 years. And we are in the peak of 
And I want to stress this. We're not just in a debt bubble. Okay? Like that grossly uh, fails to explain the magnitude of where we are right now. We aren't just in a debt bubble like the Roman Empire or the Bank of England as it lost its reserve currency status. We're going back to Amsterdam when it was the center of capital. Again, this is, a, this is a cycle that we've seen over and over. You can just keep stepping back through history and seeing this problem manifest itself over and over again uh, as these imbalances are embedded in the underlying money. Um, and there was a, there was a great uh, little segment that I read, God, I don't know how long ago on this sh uh, show, um, but it's actually a translation of something written in Latin. And it was literally about the degradation of society of the morals of the people and the actual culture uh, being poisoned from a, a society that was just drowning in debt, that it makes the society obsessed with sex, um, it makes them uh, cheap and consumerist, uh, and it, it makes them all focused on politics and hate each other for stupid, cheap reasons. I mean, like, it was, it was crazy because it was a translation and... It was very like surface level stuff. It was written in like normal, normal sounding language. And if you didn't know the context, you could believe it was an article that was just written about today. It was a perfect description of our current state of things. And th this was about the Roman Empire. This was about thousands of years ago. Um, so, I, so I want to stress or at least lay the context that this is a problem that results from the manipulation and the corruption of money. A good example, actually, to just kind of get debriefed on the, the idea is the Cantillon Effect, uh, the, the show we had yesterday, the Cantillon Effect 2.0 uh, by uh, C.K. Snarks and uh, Dennis. Um, uh, do a brief introduction on that, and I really get into uh, uh, a, an analogy that I think is perfectly demonstrated by this whole GameStop situation. And then another great one is Bitcoin is the Great Definancialization by Parker Lewis. I'll have both of these. That's a few weeks old now, um, but uh, I'll have both of these links in the show notes for anybody who hasn't dug into this stuff. Those are great places to start. Um, and I also have it on BitcoinAudible.com, so you can get to it as fast as possible. Uh, but the corruption of money makes this market possible. It is completely unsustainable. It would have run its course and been bled dry without bailouts, without impossibly low interest rates, without price manipulation, without the capital controls. All of these tools that they have used to prop up this mess of a system is made possible by the manipulation and control of the underlying money supply. You know, inflation is not just merely the slow bleeding of the value of money. It literally rots society. It completely uh, uh, de detaches the pricing mechanism from the actual way that we value things. And it, it destroys the way that we value the proper value of time. It's, it's, we talk about time preference and the Bitcoin standard really goes into t uh, high time preference versus low time preference and how money is actually key to the time preference of the culture that develops on top of it. This is why we are drowned in impossible debts. And that's what I meant to get back just a second ago was like to understand the magnitude of this. We aren't just in another debt cycle. 
we are in the largest debt bubble in human history. The largest one in human history. The world has never been this connected. The financial system has never been this cohesive across the globe. And we are in the biggest imbalance in human history. So what happens in that sort of an environment? And how the hell did we get here? You know, every time we couldn't afford to go further into this, every time we had some sort of a credit crisis because the market is screaming for everyone to stop borrowing because we're just out of resources, the whole structure, the, the fundamental, the central banking institutions and the political apparatus essentially issues itself a new credit card at lower interest with a higher limit, pays off the last, uh, last credit card, and then starts buying again to fill up the limit of the new one. And this has gone on for decades. And every business that was supposed to crash, that, that was supposed to fail, that was absolutely doing irresponsible behavior, that was supposed to get resold at fire sale prices to the responsible people, those, those bad business practices got bailed out. They got a loan to keep going. And the responsible, frugal competitors that actually produced real value got pushed out of the markets because they can't stay competitive when, they're, uh, when the guy next door gets a, basically a free loan and twice the inventory, raises the prices of the guy who was frugal and responsible, and then makes twice the profit margin. It destroys good business practice and rewards irresponsibility. That is how you get a financial market that's just nothing but gambling, irresponsibility, and fraud. It just takes like 50 years. The manipulation of money destroys the very fabric of how we weigh, value, prices, and economic ethics. It's not just a balance sheet problem. It poisons the whole well that everybody is drinking from. You know, this is why Bitcoin Audible even exists, right? Like, this is what attracted me to Bitcoin. What happened in the past couple of days is just a petri dish of the entire financial system, the state that we are in right now, and just how badly the everyday person is getting screwed. This is why we Bitcoin. The only long-term solution to this is an exit from the monetary system altogether. All right, so that's a, that's a lot of context. Um, <laughs> so let's get into what happened. So for those of you who don't know what the hell I'm talking about, uh, we'll start with a basic overhaul um, and explain what this problem was. Um, so about as in a nutshell version of what happened as I can give is that some billionaire hedge funds had a really stupid, irresponsible short on GameStop that was super risky. And a bunch of normies on Reddit saw this and took advantage of it together. That's literally what happened. Everything else is just a consequence and everybody losing their shit because of how much money was on the line here. Um, so first, let's just start with, what do you mean short? What is, it, what is a short sell? So a short sell means basically that you're just betting a stock will go down. This is the opposite of what you would call, uh, what you would call a call, quote unquote, um, or a long position where you think something is going to go up in price. But to do this, you essentially agree to a contract that says that you will buy and or sell a stock at a certain price in the future. 
Um, this is the basis of options for anybody who knows or has heard that word. So uh, as an example, um, just to kind of get a picture here, um, let's say I have some really nice baseball cards and they are currently uh, $50 a pop. But I think the price of them is going to fall to $25 in six months. So I write a contract that says I'm going to sell these to you for $50 in six months. Um, and I can essentially pocket $25 at the end of this if I'm right. Now, if at the end of six months, uh, you know, the price is going to is $75, well, then I've lost that $25. Because now I have to sell my base. I either have to sell my baseball cards at the six months ago price at the $50 price or um, in the position that Melvin Capital, the one in question is, uh, they were actually borrowing the money. So they borrowed $50 to buy the baseball cards and now are having to sell them uh, or excuse me, having to uh, pay them off at $75. And they thought they were going to be able to do it at 25 but this is, this is kind of the danger of a contract that expires at a specific time or you know, has what's referred to as time decay. Uh, so usually people don't hold these contracts to expiration. They're just kind of trading them back and forth in the meantime because you know, if I've got a $50 uh, contract and you know, the price is on the way to $75, um, let's say it's at $60 or whatever, I can sell it right now for the $10 profit and I never have to buy I never have to see that expire and, you know, buy or trade any of the stock. I can just trade the option and the difference between the contract price and the actual price. And that's usually what happens. People are just like trading. But that's if you're just buying and selling these things on the market, these quote unquote options contracts. But there's some really shady crap called naked short selling. And what's different here is I can buy a short from somebody else or I can buy a call from somebody else or I can actually write the contract on shares that I own in the like in the case of the baseball cards and I can sell that just at a premium to the market and that's where a lot of big players make their money they don't buy and sell options playing the swings they borrow the stock and then write a sell option that they get to make money on while other people are trading it back and forth. But the key is that they borrow in order to do so. They borrow money, they pay an interest rate, and then they write a contract to sell it short. So this is where naked short selling comes in. And only the big cheaters, I mean, excuse me, big players are able to get away with this. To write a short, to sell a short contract, you have to have the stock. The stock has to exist to do that. Naked short selling is to sell a short on a stock that you don't even have. And it puts downward pressure, it puts selling pressure on the price without even having to borrow stock to do it. So you've essentially got nothing on the line to, it's kind of like, um, it's it's a it's a self fulfilling thing. The very act of doing naked short selling in, uh, increases the chances that you'll the, the stock will actually go down. And if you look on Investopedia just at the definition of naked short selling, it's hilarious because the first line is just says naked short selling is the illegal practice, the illegal practice of short selling shares that have not been affirmatively determined to exist. So 
Think about it this way. So back to our baseball cards, there are 10 mint condition, unopened Mickey Mantle rookie cards, right? Let's just say that there's only 10 of them in existence. And I own or I've borrowed one of them and paying interest on it. But I want to dump the price of the card. I want the price to go down. So I short sell for 15 cards. I write contracts to sell 15 of these. Only 10 of them exist. But I write a contract that says I think 15 of these cards are going to fall in price. And because I'm big enough and I have the right friends in the right places who are right, making the right amount of money off of me, they let me get away with it. And even better, since they know I'm doing this, they're going to get short positions too so that they can profit with me on my play. We're all buddies in our big club and we pull the strings to, uh, to make the price go down anyway. We all rob the retirements, the pensions, the mutual funds, and retail investors of all of their money. Uh, but uh, by just shorting the absolute crap out of this stock, or excuse me, these baseball cards, we get to drive it into the dirt. There's another excerpt from the Investopedia thing that says, despite being made illegal after 2008-2009 financial crisis, naked shorting continues to happen because of loopholes and rules and discrepancies between paper and electronic trading systems. Uh, this is the foundation of our financial system. There's rehypothecation everywhere. There is people reselling shares that are already guaranteed to somebody else or somebody else supposedly owns. It's an absolute utter mess. And this is exactly how you get cascading crises where one bet goes wrong and then it crashes the other guy's bet and the other guy's and the other guy's. Like it just goes, it's just this domino effect of one bad thing goes wrong. And because everything is so deeply tied together and um, every, every loan is actually connected to somebody else's loan, connected to another loan that the other person, the person at the end of the line only has half of the stock they said they have. It just, this is how fragile and stupid the entire system is. And this is why we have to pump a trillion dollars into it every couple of months to keep it from dying because you have to keep covering these positions. If any of these things get called out, none of the actual capital is there. None of the money is there. None of the stocks are actually there. None of these orders can be fulfilled. It is only because they keep printing themselves to cover the bill, to cook the books, that this thing actually is sustained. And because the bigwigs basically hold the reins, they can do whatever they want. They buy the regulators and the politicians, they control the platforms, and they always have some bullshit excuse as long as things don't completely blow up in their faces. So what's the risk? And they're probably going to get bailed out anyway, right? They literally own the, the platforms. How could it go against them? Enter Reddit. So the, the guys at the center of all this, the hedge fund at the center of all this, is Melvin Capital. Um, and they had a massive, uh, clearly naked short-selling position against GameStop. And they had actually been driving the GameStop price down for like a year. Um, and it was looking kind of nasty. But the order books, the list of trades, these things are public. And we've just entered a whole new world. Um, last 10 to 20 years with the everything going digital with retail investors, with Robinhood, with all these tools, with everybody now basically an amateur investor, which again was on purpose, actually. The, like, we had to financialize everything because you have to rope more people into it as time goes on because you need more capital to fleece, essentially. You need more people entering the market all the time because it cannot be sustained at a stagnant level. 
You can't have the same number of people or the same number of debt any one year to year um, because you need new money to fund the mathematical difference from last year. Um, we're, we're in the hole, and the only way to continue to dig the hole is if we have more money coming in uh, to basically cover up the difference. So they needed everybody to, this is the great financialization of everything. Everything becomes financialized, and this is actually a consequence of the money. Again, Parker Lewis, The Great Definancialization. you got to listen to it. It's amazing. But this new generation of traders, they don't live in the same world as the bigwigs. They don't, they don't share the same circles. They're not in the same club. They get together on Reddit, on Discord. They look at order books. They talk about this crap. Um, they're not in the club. They're outside the club. So they just have their own little things. They, you know, they tweet about it. They make telegram groups. They go into group texts. They you know, take pictures of the order books, and they, they analyze, and they just chat with their buddies about... What the hell's going on? And, you know, do you know that guy who works a low-level job in this firm? Is this, is this really what's happening here? And these plays, this corruption only works because there's no one big enough to call them out on it. There's no one big enough to, uh, to go against them. And everybody else, everybody who is, is in the club, right? They're already playing with them. But it just so happens that a million Redditors with, you know, $1,000 each to their name is big enough to spank them when they notice that their pants are down. So somebody on Wall Street Bets noticed that the amount of shorts sold against GameStop stock was 140% of the amount of stock that existed. That someone somewhere was naked short selling a massive amount of stock that not only they didn't have, didn't even exist. No one could fulfill those orders. And they, again, they're borrowing money, which means that every day that goes by, they are paying the price to keep these positions open. And they think they're just going to kill GameStop and just have a heyday. They're going to just get a big old paycheck at the end of this because they just keep if the price ever starts moving against them, they just make more shorts, right? Like, we don't need the stock. Who cares? Who cares if any of this actually exists? Let's just keep burying the stock price. And, uh, and all, of our, all of our own contracts that say the price is going to fall will be the reason the price falls. And we'll make billions of dollars. This is the game. It's been happening for ages. You know, think about it from a context of selling shares against stock that doesn't exist. It's kind of like inflating it, right? Obviously, inflating something lowers the price. If more contracts are available on the market, then the, the price of the subsequent good or the stock or whatever falls. So imagine you could write a contract that says, I'm going to make a lot of money if there's inflation. And then you just happen to also have the printer that allows you to print $5 trillion to cause inflation. Well, you might be bound to make money off of your contract, right? I mean, somebody might call that a conflict of interest or fraud or just flat robbery. But, you know, depends on who you know and, you know, where you're standing. But a subreddit saw this happening and they called them out on it. This is where you get something called a short squeeze. If you've been in Bitcoin for any length of time, you understand how beautiful a thing uh, this is, uh, particularly in an asset that you simply can't inflate. 
uh, that has a hard cap and is decentralized across the world on thousands of different platforms and markets because, you know, number go up. That's why. A short squeeze happens when those contracts go against them. They still go against them despite the fact that they have continued to push this in their direction because, you know, somebody has taken advantage of this and seen that they're in a really bad pickle if it does go against them. And suddenly they have to meet their obligations or close the contract. But this means that they are forced to automatically market buy the stock for the contract. Remember, there are 140% of the entire available supply of the stock. They can never fulfill these orders, ever. There are more orders than there are actual stock that exist. And to, to be forced to buy the stock because the stock price is going up is going to skyrocket the price even faster. This was literally the mother of all short squeezes. And keep in mind, these are hedge funds. Their job is risk management. And they literally made the dumbest, most risky play that you could possibly make because they felt safe that they were standing on Mount Olympus and they could always smush the little retail bugs if anything started, a going, started going against them. And if somehow that didn't happen, they'd get a bailout because that's what happened the last four times. They're too important to allow them to lose money. Understand, this isn't a free market. This is not a free market. Free markets come with profit and loss. And free markets are about equal rules for all players. Free markets don't have bailouts. We are in a centralized, politicized, bailed out, controlled, money manipulated, censored market. But somehow, there just so happens to be enough degenerate Reddit gamblers to call the billionaire bluff. They saw that there was a lovely, wonderful, billionaire-backed short squeeze just ripe for popping. And so that's what they did. They bought GameStop and they refused to sell. And this had actually been building for a couple of months and it just basically came to a head in the last like week or so. Um, uh, Wall Street Bets have been working on GameStop, uh, and but they kind of talked about it to begin with is legitimately that it was undervalued because its price had been driven down from like $17 to $4 and then it like crashed to three. It was like bouncing around in the four to three to four dollar range. Then as this started getting attention, uh, it started to rally in late 2020, um, largely because of Wall Street Bets and stuff. Um, and as I speak, like right now, the price of GameStop, after a gradual rise towards the end of 2020 up to about $15 to $17, right now it is $245. And depending on the exchange or where you're looking, uh, the peak of this in the last day or so uh, was around 460 And again, keep in mind that these short posi positions are from a low price range and they have borrowed stock. That means that they still need to buy it back in order to fulfill their end of the contract. 
And all the people who now own it are retail investors who have played this move against them. These massive hedge funds will have to dole out billions of dollars to a bunch of normies in order to buy the stock so that they can pay back their borrowed positions. So initially in this, Melvin got bailed out. They, were, they went like 30% down in a matter of days. Um, they're like a $12.5 billion fund. Um, and uh, then that turned into a lot less than that very, very quickly. They got bailed out by about $3 billion by uh, Citadel and 0.72. I mean, I haven't been able to really make concrete the relationship between these companies, but it seems like there's very serious business relationships and potential ownership shares. I really wish I could have found it, but I wanted to go ahead and get this episode out. So I'll probably update if I get some uh, uh, more specific details on this. Um, but uh, so Citadel and 0.72 bailed them out to $3 billion. And it looks like that got wiped out incredibly quickly. Um, uh, so their, the, their cover of their losses get turned into losses. I mean, this is a staggering wealth transfer here um, from basically Wall Street to just a bunch of Redditors. And of course, you know, a lot of other people who copied and or jumped on the bandwagon in the process. But I want you to get an idea of just how much money this is, um, because it's not just Melvin Capital. And here's one of the things about these hedge funds is a lot of them are just copy pasta, right? Like the, the markets are kind of so poisoned and have become so kind of fundamentally irresponsible and incompetent, really, is that there's just a lot of I'm just going to copy the other big hedge fund. Um, and that's going to work out for me. And that has worked out for a very, very long time. But CNBC uh, on Trader Talk, there was a uh, article that said short sellers are down $91 billion in January as GameStop leads a squeeze in stocks that they bet against. And this is spread over to uh, one of them's KOSS. I didn't bother to like really look into a lot of them, but AMC Entertainment, so the movie theater, um, uh, and a, three or four other stocks. I think BlackBerry was one of them. They they uh, they basically shot up. Even even like some random accounts were like tweeting about Dogecoin, and then Dogecoin skyrocketed in the last you know, last twenty four hours. And this is basically what's unfolded. But the real beautiful thing behind all of this is the mentality and the response. That is what's making this feel like a protest. So what happened? Like when these billionaire hedge funds were basically getting their asses handed to them in this perfect storm of basically calling out their dumb play. Reddit shut down the subreddit, Wall Street Bets. The Discord was suddenly shut down for hate speech. Uh, the, Reddit, the subreddit is actually since back up. Um, I don't know what's going on there, but the outcry was ridiculous. Um, I mean, it's, the, it's everything in the trending list on Twitter right now. Uh, CNBC started to drag Wall Street Bets through the mud with all sorts of claims of manipulation, cheating. This isn't in the spirit of the market. Blah, blah, blah. They started, uh, they, they literally even said, and Gigi made a comment about this, which was hilarious, um, uh, totally called it, and I'm sure other people did as well, but th this, was, this was literally linked to right-wing extremist groups. Um, the White House made a statement about, about it. 
Um, uh, there are rumors that Robin Hood got a call from like multiple different institutions and including the White House telling them to halt trading because we can't let those nasty Redditors have their way in the market. But as, uh, as I, I just did a little uh, uh, tweet getting like a bunch of responses to see, but so far Robin Hood, TD Ameritrade, Trade Republic, Cash App, Schwab, Ali, eToro, Interactive Brokers, Webull, Global, E-Trade, uh, Public, all of these places halted trading of GameStop, of AMC, and a lot of these other stocks in question. They literally stopped the ability to buy it because this was going against the billionaire hedge funds. Now, I will say that a lot of this could be liquidity issues. It could just be that they couldn't fulfill orders. But So I, I don't want to put too much of a target on all of these people because we don't or all of these institutions institutions because we don't really know which or which maybe it will come out in the next couple of days or weeks probably not but we do know that robin hood shut this down because they didn't want this to keep going against them and that this was about protecting them and cnbc just jumped right on this bandwagon because the problem here was that someone who was too important was losing too much money to people who don't matter. And I've been trying to confirm this, but uh, I've heard this from multiple people now, and I've seen some screenshots that looks like this is the case, that users are actually having their positions forced, closed against them, and having their accounts frozen, not letting them withdraw the money they made because of, uh, because of suspicion of manipulation. It is hard to articulate what level of bullshit that is. It's on Robinhood. The only thing they have is a buy and a sell button. One of the comments on Wall Street Bets was like, what are they going to get us for? Outsider trading? And even worse is it seems like the SEC and the, the regulators are going to go after Reddit. And they're going to go after the, those, the regular ass users. John uh, Joe McCann had a tweet. This says Fox News's uh, Gasparino said regulatory sources say SEC will be looking at the market manipulation case on Robinhood and Reddit issues. Expect the SEC to ask for Robinhood's blue sheets trading data and try to match it up with suspicious comments on Reddit. The source in, in the question was tradetothenews.com. In other words, they're going to go after retail investors instead of Citadel, Melvin Capital, Point72, D1, etc. This is how it is rigged. And remember, the big players, you're, they're allowed to trade after hours a lot of the times. Um, and there was a tweet by Justin Kahn said, uh, and I've not confirmed this, just a tweet, um, but it says, I just got a tip that Citadel reloaded their shorts before they told Robinhood to stop trading GameStop. If this is true, Ken Griffin and the Robinhood founders should be in jail. This is class warfare. Think about this. Back to my Canteon 2.0 episode yesterday with uh, CK and Dennis's uh, uh, article, great article on this. I gave an example of a game, of a sport, in which literally the two different teams played by different rules and the rules constantly changed if the wrong team started winning. 
That's exactly what this is. So they're calling Reddit comments and people who are on Robinhood who have no, they can't manipulate the market. All they can do is buy and sell. But because they get together and say, look, here's this great opportunity that we can smack these guys on the ass for putting up a retarded position with other people's money, that they are somehow the manipulators. But then Robinhood allows Citadel to reload their shorts so that when the price crashes back down, they can make a profit and then they open up the trading platforms and they cut off the buy button. Are you kidding me? Needless to say, there's already a lawsuit and there's going to be a lot more of them. But it sounds like they're going to get away with it, as they always do. Or at least that's not what the SEC gives a shit about right now. But if you wanted an example of market manipulation, buying shorts and then taking the buy button off of all of the exchanges, that's manipulation. That's exactly what that is. They literally just changed the platform so that they, the only option that everybody had was to give Citadel their money back. That's not a market, that's robbery. In yesterday's episode, we talked about how rigged this is. This is the equivalent of those two football teams. What was it? The average Joes and the Cantillionaires, right? This is like the average Joes get a blatant interception at the one-yard line and run a 99-yard touchdown. But the Cantillionaires cut the cameras off. They cut off the live feed. They halt the game before the refs can call anything. Then they push the average Joes off the field and bench everybody. You know, they tie their shoelaces together and then pick the ball back up turn the cameras back on and start jogging back down the field while the refs claim that, you know, somehow the ball was knocked out of the other team's hand and the average Joes aren't even on the field and they have to run back on the field with their shoes tied together and try to stop the Cantillionaires from getting back to their own end zone and getting a touchdown and robbing them of the whole game. And they have the audacity to shut down accounts, to force closed positions and freeze their users' money and claim manipulation? I just, I just can't, I just can't with this. Let's take a, let's take a break so I can breathe and get something to drink because this shit pisses me off. Well, hey guys, did you know that the best way to stick it to the man is to take your value out of their corrupt, bloated financial system, put it into Bitcoin, and then hold your own keys on a secure hardware wallet? Bitbox is a simple, secure, open source way to do that. Unfortunately, you can't withdraw your GameStop stock to Bitbox, but you can withdraw your Bitcoin, except just not from Robinhood because they don't allow it. God forbid you'd be able to own anything without their permission. But you don't need it when you have a Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. They can't freeze your account, close your position, halt your transaction, or devalue your funds. You've got Bitcoin, and you've got one of the most secure hardware wallets out there, Swiss made with security as the paramount concern and ease of use right behind it. So don't keep getting robbed by Wall Street. Hold the only money you can really own, Bitcoin, with the BitBox O2. Check them out at guyswan.com BitBox. So let's get back into talking about what a sick joke Wall Street is. <clears throat> so here's the crazy thing about all this. Is um, the retail investors still kind of have the upper hand. Because all they have to do is hold. Go to... Um, Remember, there's time decay in these contracts, and the money is borrowed against stock that they don't own. Every day that goes by, they have another bill due. Go to um, 
reddit.com slash r slash wall street bets and just look at the posts look how many upvotes they've got look how many comments they've got these people are serious this is um here i'll read a um there are so many amazing um like responses and posts to this and and that's what that's what's really potent about what this what this means for a lot of these people is that this feels like Wall Street Occupy Wall Street 2.0. Real quick, here's a uh, here was a post that um was towards the top of um uh, Wall Street bets for a bit. It says an open letter to CNBC. Before you spend another day hosting your shill hedge fund buddies to come on the air and demonize Wall Street bets, I hope you read this. I keep thinking about these funds that are short GameStop like you boys at Melvin Capital and your coverage of this subreddit and I'm getting madder and madder. These funds can manipulate the market via your network and if they screw up big because they don't even know the basics of Portfolio Risk 101 and using position sizing, they just get a bailout from their billionaire friends at Citadel. Then they have the nerve to turn us into public enemy number one just because we believe in an underdog company getting a second chance. We don't have billionaires to bail us out when we mess up our portfolio risk management and a position goes against us. We can't go on TV and make attempts to manipulate millions of others to take our side of the trade. If we mess up as bad as we did, we are wiped out and have to start from scratch and then come here and post our losses. Seriously, motherfuck these people. I sincerely hope they suffer. We want to see the loss porn. So I just wanted to interject this real quick because I'm recording this way after, uh, after I was done recording, but um, I was stumbling upon more information on this. Um, there was a lot of claims that Citadel Securities um, the, the, it was a company that actually owned Robinhood, and I'm not actually able to verify that, even though there's still a lot of information spreading that this is the case. But it seems like regardless of this, there is a huge interest, there's a huge joint interest in Robinhood and that Robinhood is actually a funnel for Citadel Securities. So uh, Robinhood allows free trading to their retail investors. And this is not because they're being nice. This is because what they do, the business they are in, is selling the, selling the, da the data to Citadel Securities, to big time investors, so that they can front run and know uh, what the retail investors are doing. This is called uh, uh, order flow. Um, they're, they're selling order flow to um, their major, major invest investment corporations. Citadel Securities is the customer, not any of the retail investors. Retail investors are what is being sold here. And it appears that almost half of their revenues are specifically orders that are sent, that are sold to Citadel Securities and Two Sigma Securities. So if Citadel, Citadel tells them what to do, they're going to do it because Robinhood loses all of their revenue. And the real kicker here, the real icing on the cake to all of this, is that a senior advisor to Citadel Securities is Ben Bernanke. That's right. Past chairman of the Federal Reserve. If you wanted a perfect example of the revolving door of corruption between Wall Street and politics and central banking. That's it. Welcome to the clown show. Now back to our regularly scheduled rant.
And there's comment after comment of, I would rather see this go to zero on pure principle than sell out for some measly profits. Um, based, same, hold, all the, they, all we have to do is not let them buy what we have. And if you look at the order books, they're posting pictures of the order books, like the buy and sell orders. There's like no sell orders. So even with some of these dips, it's been coming right back up. Now, I have no, no idea how long this can be sustained. But what's funny is that so many of these people are just pissed. Like, and they absolutely have the right to be. Like, this is so unbelievably rigged. It's, unbe it's just unbelievable. Um, I mean, and the number of people who are getting behind this and, and recognizing that this is exactly the, the case. I mean, if you've seen the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ted Cruz and Donald Trump Jr. agreed on something, you know, this is the hilarious thing about this is that somehow everybody's joint hatred of Wall Street it's, it's somehow created more political and social unity across, uh, across the kind of social media sphere than we've had in a freaking decade. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious that everybody, the one thing that we can all get behind is how much we hate Wall Street and the financial system. And that's why I say this feels like, this feels like peaceful rebellion. Um, this, this only happened because of a total, like the, that position and this, I mean, the, the, the list of posts here, actually, let me give you uh, another, there's a little clip on CNBC of kind of the mentality that has been spreading all over the place and that people have been retweeting. And this is everywhere. Like I've really not seen any decent defense of the crap that is going on right now, except of course, from the SEC that apparently is taking their side. And of course, CNBC uh, that is demonizing uh, the retail, uh, the normie investors here that uh, uh, basically call a couple of billionaires with their hand in the cookie jar. But let me play this. Let me play this clip really quick. You know, Charles Payne, if you look at the catalyst initially for attention going to GameStop, it was, you know, uh, a, a guy who was going to take it to the Internet level, joining the board, uh, finding a way to be more than just a brick and mortar concern, look promising. Uh, enough for Bank of America to say, all right, this is an issue that's worth maybe uh, $10, $15 more a share. Nothing like this. So what happened? Right. Well, Neil, first of all, I got to say, I recommended many of these stocks on January 11th or before. I've got the report in my hand that I sent out to my subscribers. And here's the list. The shorts, first of all, all of this nonsense, all of this noise, all of this whining by Wall Street, it's making me sick. 140% of GameStop was short. I didn't hear one person on TV complaining about Wall Street trying to crush GameStop. 140% short. I told my subscribers, buy this stock, and they made a fortune. I also told them to buy Virgin Space, uh, Virgin. We took profits on that today. Fizz, that's up huge. Tangers is up huge. Neil, you can't allow Wall Street to short 75% of a stock, and nobody says anything crush these companies into the dirt, and then when the individual investor makes money, everyone's up in arms. Oh, they're going to lose their shirt? Don't you think people are trading? If it traded 80 billion shares a day, people are ringing a register. I have a kid who bought a house. He, had a, he made $50,000 and bought a house. So, yes, yeah, some people are going to lose and some are going to win, but if, you wanna, if they want to change the rules of the game now because the general public is making money after decades of the shorts crushing 
thousands of stocks into the dirt. I have watched stocks being crushed completely to zero, uh, and no one ever whispered anything because those stocks didn't have Wall Street sponsorship. They were small names. Maybe they went public through a reverse takeover. Whatever it was, the shorts have had their way with the market for decades. No one's ever complained about it. So I am thrilled if you were going to try to destroy a company by shorting 140% of its stock, you have to accept the fact that individual investors are playing the same game that you're playing and now you're losing. And he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. They've been doing, they do this constantly. And the first time it really goes against them, they just squeal. They squeal like a bunch of cowards. And Donald Trump Jr., the tweet or whatever says, it took less than a day for big tech, big government, and the corporate media to spring into action and begin colluding to protect their hedge fund buddies on Wall Street. This is what a rigged system looks like, folks. Then Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Gotta admit, it's really something to see Wall Streeters with a long history of treating our economy as a casino complain about a message board of posters also treating the market as a casino. And freaking Ja Rule said, yo, this is a fucking crime what Robin Hood is doing. Do not sell. Hold the line. I mean, this is not, this is not a small deal. Um, and th the reason why I say there, there's something really subtle happening um, that I think this could be a major catalyst for. Um, and we talked about this a lot on like kind of the hundreds of clubhouse discussions that I felt like we were jumping in and out of. Um, is that this kind of feels like finding out the emperor can bleed. You know, in, in 300 or whatever, um, you know, spoiler alert, they all die. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, but that kind of the, the victory was revealing to everyone that this wasn't a god. That, yes, they can bleed. You know, for a long time... There's, been always, there's always been this sentiment that the major players are untouchable. That, that this, this idea that, oh, they're just omnipotent, they can do whatever they want, and that as soon as they enter the game, well, then nobody, nobody has any effect at all. There's absolutely nothing anybody can do. It's just manipulated, manipulated. Um, and this is completely common in Bitcoin, too. Like, if the price dumps, because, you know, after major players are in it, it's like, oh, major players are manipulating it. Price goes up, major players are manipulating it. Um, and there's just this perception that the that somebody with a billion dollars can just come in and just do whatever they want. Like that, there's just no there's no limit to anything. They can just say, "Oh, the price should be a thousand dollars higher," and then voila, it's a thousand dollars higher. Um, I can't tell you how many times in 2017, after CME futures opened up on uh, on Bitcoin, um, and the bubble popped. They claimed that it was because of CME futures. And if you look, if you actually go back, like the, the, um, the, the volume was like nothing. But there's basically always, there's always been this perception that they're just untouchable, that they can just come in and they have a magic wand and they can do whatever the hell they want. And this feels like the moment where a lot of people are realizing that's just not true. Even as rigged as the game is against them, they can still pop that short squeeze. I mean, reading through this subreddit, just reading these posts, I mean, it's over and over. It's, it's one after the other. Um, you know, quote, to the cosmonauts who bought in at 150, don't worry, we're coming back for you. We're just not, we're not just coming for the tendies either, but also for what they represent. 
Wall Street has put itself up against a hornet's nest of speculators hopped up on financial on the financial equivalent of crack cocaine, and we won't sell for anything less than a 1,500% gain. Many of us have never known anything except the never-ending recession that is largely due to this hedge fund bullshit and from which the 1% has greatly benefited. Somehow, this play makes it feel like we're getting something we're owed. Common sentiment is that buying GameStop is somehow a punch back against all the overdraft fees, usury interest rates, and unfair pay that have plagued tens of millions for decades. The fact that the hill we're fighting on is for a company that brought many millennials and Zoomers cherished childhood memories is icing on the cake. Gen X, you're cool too. To any lurking hedgies, $1,000 is not a meme. That's just how much it will cost for you to get out of this mess. Pay up. And this brings us back to Bitcoin. Oh man, there is so much Bitcoiner blood running in these people's veins. <laughs> This is literally a demonstration of everything that Bitcoiners have been saying for years, since 2010. And I think these, the, all of the arguments and all of the points that said, oh, you're going to get censored, your accounts are going to get frozen, um, you know, they're going to rig the game against you. Uh, you know, what are you going to do if you can't get your money out of the bank? Um, uh, you, what happens if everything goes against you and, you know, you can't even, you know, close out your retirement like like all of these all of these things that and you know what happens if the money gets inflated into oblivion that we've been saying for years like i mean there's just so many arguments that we've harped on over and over and over again and i can't tell you how many times people are like that'll never happen they'll never they'll never lock down funds i'll never i i use td ameritrade they're they're great blah 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 like they're gonna freeze accounts why do i have to worry about that nobody censors transactions Nobody censors social media. When does that happen? It's just, it's just terrorists that get knocked off of social media. And one by one, all of those concerns have been vindicated. Every one of them. And now it's prime. It's right there in the middle of the conversation. And people who I never thought would have talked about it are talking about it. A lot of people are finally... They're finally saying the same crap that Bitcoiners have been saying all this time. And they're finally recognizing why all of these things are so important. How bad the corruption really is. And what a horrible mess the financial system is in. And it's becoming very clear just how obvious it is that they forced all of us to pay for it. Bitcoin is the exit door. Stop playing their game and take your value out with you. Every time we buy into their platform, every time we pay them a fee, every dollar that we continue to hold props up their purchasing power. That dollar account is exactly the account that they get to rob from when they get a bailout, when they get a cheap loan that nobody else um, nobody else can actually get when they push interest rates lower, when they close trading to, quote, recalibrate their positions. Your dollars makes all of that possible. And in fact, I didn't even mention that, the recalibrate their position things, uh, because I, I had to actually dig for this. Hold on one second. Let me, let me find this screenshot. It's right around here somewhere. Yeah, so this was on Squawk, apparently, um, is that uh, the NASDAQ CEO... Uh, th this is from uh, Mediate or Media 
Mediaite, Mediaite? I, I don't know. But the tweet got deleted. So, um, but luckily somebody had a screenshot of it and I haven't been able to find the actual clip. Um, but the NASDAQ CEO, uh, Dina Friedman, suggests that trading should be halted to allow big investors to, quote, recalibrate their positions to combat Reddit users. So again, think about our football game. We're going we're gonna to halt the game and let the Cantillionaires have the ball so that they could sort their shit out and reposition their people since the average Joes just got, just got the one up on them. Does that, does that sound like a fair game? Can you imagine the arrogance, the entitlement that someone has to have to say that out loud? I really, really want to find this clip. Um, uh, ho hopefully I can find it and I'll post it in the show notes before uh, I get this show published. If not, uh, it might be when I find it and then stick it in there later. In fact, if anybody else has found it um, uh, and knows, knows how to get a hold of it, let me know. But again, all of this is propped up because we're using the currency they use. We are storing our value in the money that they get to rob. This is the ultimate problem that Bitcoin solves. A fair money. This is why, and there was a meme that was like from Instagram or whatever, that says GameStop is the battle, Bitcoin is the war. That, is, that could not be a more perfect explanation of what's going on here. GameStop is just a, is a blip on the, on the full radar. Get, Bitcoin is the full war that we are playing. It's the whole game. They are bleeding us dry. While the cost of our healthcare goes up endlessly, while the cost of education, of housing, of retirement, while, while all of those things are subsequently getting robbed, while, while we're losing our ability to retire, while we're getting obliterated with interest rates that you can't even park value anywhere and get any sort of a yield. How the hell are you supposed to retire if all, all, all that happens is your savings gets devalued, the price of everything that you need goes up, and there's no way to make yield on it? While wages are stagnant, over 30, 40, 50 years since 1971, wages have almost not budged while productivity has skyrocketed. And while we've had to fight through economic disaster when they get bailed out. And while the politicians do insider trading constantly, constantly. I mean, just the other day, Nancy Pelosi bought a call option on Tesla Days before Biden announced they were going to move all the government fleet to electric cars. Are you fucking kidding me? And there was another tweet that I just noticed was uh, uh, a tweet by uh, somebody named Rudy Betrayed um, said, remember when senators got coronavirus briefings before the public and sold off millions of dollars in stocks before the crash last year and faced no consequences and no regulation, but then Reddit made one stock into a meme and they're talking about restructuring the whole market? Yeah, do you remember that? I'm getting so sick of having to talk about this shit. It seems it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and more and more blatant. Like, that's, that feels like someone's laughing in our face. Uh, Beautyon actually posted on Gab. Um, uh, Beautyon's many-time author on this show. Uh, a couple of really, really great reads. Um, uh, you should check them out. You should look them up on uh, uh, BitcoinAudible.com. Um, but he uh, had a post on Gab, um, and it was uh, 
basically from a full article that was written, and I might actually read it on the show, so um, I haven't actually got into the article. Excuse me, I haven't gotten into the article, but um, uh, I just saw the post and I thought it was really good. And this is his description of Bitcoin. This is, this, is the, this is the war that we're in. This is the ultimate thing. We're trying to replace the financial system that is broken and bloated and absolutely 100% unfixable. And he titled it, The Last Short. Quote, People watching the GameStop stock action, bringing down huge hedge funds, have suddenly realized that little people using little people's money can bring down billion-dollar institutions. Now, NASDAQ is restraining trade and using the absolute control it has over its system to stop this, quote, manipulation. What are the implications of this? It's only a matter of time before the people who saved GameStop realize they can bring down central banks by simply buying Bitcoin. Not only can they drive up the price astronomically, but they can permanently destroy all fiat money. This is a far bigger prize than propping up a single stock. And this time, there is no, quote, bank of Bitcoin that can stop them from carrying it out. Bitcoin is money. It can be sent from A to B without permission or the need for a third party. It's not like buying stock in GameStop, which cannot be spent for Xboxes and games. Bitcoin is more powerful than any stock. When this happens, and it will happen, the greatest enemy America faces the Federal Reserve will no longer be the source of the money Americans use. They will be effectively bartering with Bitcoin. If you don't think that this can possibly happen, you don't understand what has just happened. And that's okay. Because what happened with GameStop was done by a handful of geniuses. It will only take a handful of people to execute the last short. There are enough people. There is enough fiat money or dollars and there is enough Bitcoin to absorb it all. This is what we play for. The only solution is to opt out. There is no fix within the system. They have abandoned any attempt at cooperation or even meeting us, even meeting us halfway. They've done nothing but rob us and rub it in our faces. Bitcoin is a protest. It is a protest against corruption and insanity of our financial system. And I can't think of a better meme that sums up my feelings on this than GameStop is the battle and Bitcoin is the war. I could probably keep just ranting about this, but um, let's go ahead and close this one out. Um, if you guys like this show, if you appreciate what I've put together um, uh, and you want to show some support, um, I've, uh, actually just got a new patron the other day and, uh, somebody who donated over lightning. Thank you guys so, so, so much. Um, it really does mean a lot. Um, and I spent all day just trying to get notes together and I haven't even started on my audiobook chapters for the day. So I'll probably be recording till midnight, but I'm just going to keep going with it. Um, I feel like, you know, I don't, I don't even care if somebody calls me ridiculous about it. I feel like there's nothing more more important that I can do with my time right now. Um, so that's why I'm here. That's why I do this. Um, and uh, I think this is the solution to such massive, such huge problems. Um, and uh, that's, that's why we do it. That's why we Bitcoin. Uh, so 
if you're new here, um, uh, you probably got a lot of catching up to do. Uh, welcome. Um, Bitcoin is kind of crazy. Uh, you know, so take it slow. Um, learn as much as you can. Um, and if you, again, if you want to support the show, you can either donate a bunch of different ways at guyswan.com. Uh, but you know, always, you know, if you don't, you have any money to, you know, if you lost a bunch of money on GameStop <laughs> or whatever, um, uh, uh, you know, everybody's, everybody's hurting. Everybody needs to protect their family and their own. Um, uh, but what, what you can always do is share this out. Um, share this out with everybody you know who needs to hear about the financial system, how stupid some of this mess is, and that there is an exit door, you know. Get off the hamster wheel. The hamster, it is a hamster wheel. That's why it feels like one. It is. And not only that, it's a hamster wheel that is keeping their bank accounts powered. Just get off. Just get off. Um, and Bitcoin is that exit. So, um... Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, a huge thank you to our awesome sponsors. We've got Level.co for mobile Bitcoin banking services and an exchange with no fees. And then, of course, the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet uh, by Shift Crypto. Safest place to uh, store your savings um, and your Bitcoin keys. Hold your keys. You can't freeze a Bitcoin account. You can't freeze Bitcoin keys. That's why we hold our keys. Thank you all so much for listening. I will catch you tomorrow with another episode. I've got like four pieces that I have started in audio and they're going to be amazing. You're not going to want to miss them. And I'll catch you next time on Bitcoin Audible. And until then, take it easy, guys. This has been a 111 production, and you were listening to Bitcoin Audible on the Crypto Economy Network.